0: Hey, what's up? My name is Dusty Otis. I am the lead pastor here at The Grove in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thank you so much for taking part of your day to be a part of this church, to engage in this message, for supporting our ministry. It means more than you know. None of what we get to do happens without you. I pray that today's message speaks to your heart. I hope that it helps you move forward in your relationship with God, and I hope that you become just a little bit better in following Jesus because you took the time to listen today. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning. Merry Christmas. Super thankful to be joining you this morning as we talk about hope, what today brings, what Jesus Christ, the birth of Jesus, is all about. And so, hope, we're talking about the hope of the world. It's really rooted in John chapter 8, verse 12 this morning. And uh, hope that your morning is, has been action packed so far. If you have kids, you've probably been up for five or six hours already. And so, today, we want to talk about the real difference between being Optimistic in a world and being hopeful in our world and so um, if you remember this the um, the the movie uh, Polar Express, there's a bell that rings and the and and the boy he just can't hear it. That's what it's like to be optimistic. and then when he actually does hear the bell and it rings, that's what it means that's what it's like to be Hopeful. And so John chapter eight, verse 12 says, Jesus spoke saying, I am the light of the world. That's what today is about. I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Hope. Jesus brings hope and hope is really the pillar that holds up the world. Hope is really the pillar that holds up the world. Hope is being able to see that there is light despite all darkness. Remember where we came from too, as we talk about hope and what what today is, and the hope that we have in Jesus. Uh, Ephesians two twelve says, uh, "Remember that time that you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners, and, and uh, to the covenants of the promise, without hope, and without God in the world." And then thirteen says, "But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near, to or near by the blood of Christ." So then. What happens when? So then we realize, okay, hey, yeah, that is where we were, and that's what it's like to not have hope, and and then you go, well, th- that's kind of lengthy. because you give me some, a little clearer version? Proverbs thirteen twelve is really what happens when we do not have hope. Let's see what happens when we don't have hope. Proverbs thirteen twelve says, "Hope delayed makes the heart sick." Hope delay, Hope delayed makes the heart sick. Belief brings hope. Belief brings hope. Jesus spoke. In John eight twelve, saying, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in the darkness at all, but will have the light of life. He will have hope. So what happens when we do have hope? When we do have hope, Matthew five fourteen says, you are the light of the world. So let your light shine before others so they may see it and they may see you and they may honor God. That's what it's like to actually have hope. In Psalms 27, 13, and 14, David reminds us of the hope that we're to have. He says in verse 13, I'm certain, I'm certain. That's the type of hope that we want to have, certain hope. I'm certain that I will see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. Verse 14, wait for the Lord, be strong and courageous, wait for the Lord. Certain hope is really what allows us to wait. If we don't have certain hope, then it it makes it really tough to be patient, right? And... And in all of that, if we don't have certain hope, it's really, it's even harder to stand firm, to be courageous, to be strong. Jesus brings certain hope, and certain hope is really the only hope that we live by. It's easier said than done. Certain hope, hope you believe, is what the anniversary of Christmas is all about. Today is the anniversary of hope coming to earth, of heaven coming down, and hope finding you where you are. Because of what Jesus did. Hope is the impact that Jesus can have on your life. It's not something somebody did, it's something that the greatest one who ever walked did. And many of you might be asking, Hope? Like, hope in what? Like, I think I understand hope, but not really. Are you talking about hope in my current reality, in my current circumstance? Are you talking about hope in my marriage? Are you talking about hope in the next election? Are you talking about hope in my career, the hope I have for my kids? You're talking about the hope that I have for the education system, for the medical system. You, is this hope for my life? Is this hope for the next? What is this hope for? And I want you to identify it this morning. And the reality is it can be general. It can be very general, but it needs to be personal. And that hope must include God because disconnected from God, we're not going anywhere. We know that John 15 says that. In your Bible, the book of Job, at chapter 8, and you're like, whoa, Job, if you're a believer and you, you know the Bible, you're like, Joe, this is kind of a hard place to go at first. right? I didn't say I'm, not, I'm that hopeless, right? You might be thinking it's not that bad, and, and I don't believe it is that bad. I never believe it's that bad. Job has a friend in chapter 8 named Bildad, and he really speaks what happens without hope. And He says in verse uh, 11 and 13, through 13, those who forget God have no hope. Those who forget God have no hope, which is really what the opposite of Christmas is. Today's the day we remember Christ, Christmas. That's what Christmas is. And so the further we get away from God, the less hope we have is what Bildad said. Those who forget God have no hope. The good news is this. The opposite is true. The closer you get to God, the more hope you will have. The more hope brings to your life. There's not a better time than right now, than on today, than to be close to God because he sent his son so that you could have life. And if you join me for Christmas, thank you. It was, a, it was a really special time, something we did online only. And, and the reality is when you have that hope, you can still hear the bell. You still hear the bell. You still understand what Christmas is because Christmas brings hope. It's not about presents. It's the gift of a son, an only son, who gave his life so that we could be free Redeemed, restored, righteous, right? Christmas reminds us of hope. It reminds us of the gift of Jesus. It allows us to take stock in where we are. It allows us to refresh our lives, refresh our hearts, to get back closer to God, right? So that we can have more hope in our life. That's what Christmas is. Because the most hopeful people on our planet are really the ones who live closest to God. Which means the most hopeless people on our planet are really those who are the farthest from God. And that's just the truth this is why living in a real relationship with god is everything it brings more hope in your life those who forget god have no hope today we remember god we remember god in the flesh we remember jesus today because he brings hope now let's flip this and go 1st corinthians 13:3 says now these three remain faith hope and love but the greatest of these is love so then here's the thing we know faith faith brings righteousness and we know love, that's God's greatest gift to us, is John 3.16, but we assume hope. We all know what assume does, right? Hope in the dictionary is defined as an expectation or desire for a certain thing to happen. And although that's great, we don't really go to Webster's for the truth. We we don't really build our life on Webster's. We build our life on the Bible. And the reality is a lot of people think that they know what hope is, but really their hope is just a wish. Their hope is just a wish. Hope is theological, not psychological. Hope is deeper. Hope is rooted in your heart, not in your head. So hope is rooted in truth, not a wish. So then, you know right now, if your hope is not rooted in truth, then it's simply just a wish. And we wish on wants, but we hope in needs. We wish for our wants, we hope for our needs. There's a belief because it's, there's a connection. We need it. It would be easier to define what hope is not than it would be to define what hope is. But I want to let you know that hope is not optimism. Those are two totally different things. Hope is theological. It's connected to your spirit. It's a belief in your heart. Optimism is psychological. It's a thought in your head. It's a thought in your head. Optimism is great. I love optimism. I'm an optimistic person, depending on who you talk to, but optimism is not hope. This is like talking to yourself in the mirror, you know, kind of optimism is like being your own hype man, right? Without Jesus, it's all hype and no hope. And so you need some theology in your self-talk. If you're going to be a, a hype person, there's got to be some heart, some spirit, some theology in there. You need some hope in your hype. Otherwise... It's just hype. It's just optimism. Optimism is really like talking yourself into it. It's like the pregame, the team that comes out in pregame, they're jumping around, they're making a bunch of noise and they get beat by 60, right? You make a bunch of noise, but that doesn't turn into anything, right? That's what optimism really is. It's telling self that things are going to go great even though they're not, right? And optimism a lot of times is trying to convince yourself that something is true even when you know that it's not. And so when you're being optimistic, uh, you have to repeat it in your head over and over. Man, I hope, man, I hope, man, I hope. Can I hope, man, I hope, I hope. And you can replace hope and wish and they're the same thing, right? And that's where it lives, it lives in your head. It's psychological. And in your head, and only in your head, disconnected from your heart, it's only a want or a wish, it's not a belief. I can sit down right now to this cup of water and be like, man, I wish this was sweet tea. I hope this is sweet tea, I hope this is sweet tea. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) I hope. Good grief. I'm optimistic, right? I wish this was sweet tea. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, right? But sitting down and, and, and hoping that this is sweet tea, that's just a wishful hope, right? I can bring all the optimism to this bottle of water that I want to, and I can hope, I can hope, but I know right now that it's not, but I can hope, but I can hope. And there are three really different types of hope that I want to talk about this morning, just because I hope that it is, doesn't really mean that it changed it. And we all need to understand the difference between a wish or a want and a hope and a need. They're not the same. And what I'm saying to you is optimism alone will not change your world. Optimism alone will not change the world. Lots of great songs, Luke Bryan, sorry, now, country on, so good. It reminds me of 80s country a lot, 90s country maybe. And man, it's it's good because it speaks so much life. It's real optimistic. It's an optimistic song, but nobody's doing that. Nobody's doing that, right? And what you need to know is optimism only works with things that you can control. Optimism only works on things you can control. I can't control this glass changing to something other than water. So I can be as optimistic and I can have as much wishful hope as I want, but it's going to be water. I can be optimistic about things that I want. I can be optimistic about things that I want other people to do, right? But that doesn't mean they're going to do them, right? You can be optimistic about what you want your husband or your wife to do. How does that work out? You know, how does it work out to be optimistic for other people? Man, I hope they, I wish they And we want to really differentiate between what does it mean to be wishful and hopeful? What does it mean to be optimistic, wishful, and wants driven versus hopeful, heart, needs driven, right? Your optimism doesn't change anything that anybody does because optimism only works on stuff that you can control. It's like the Christianese approach to things that we want to give God credit for. That's what optimism does. How do you know it's going to be good? How do you know that it's going to work out? How do you know that it's going to be this way? You have control. You have control. So optimism and control can be perceived as hope. It's really not though. Here's what optimism says. It's not as bad as you think. That's optimism. Here's what hope says. It's bad. It's as bad as I've seen it. Matter of fact, it's the worst I've ever seen, but I still believe. But I still believe. That's hope. It's a huge difference. What stinks about optimism is it often denies the reality, and just kind of says, "Ah, it's not, it's not that bad, right?" And different people, different personality types, kind of do that. The Bible tells us there are three types of hope. I kind of gave you a spoiler on those: wishful hope, expectant hope, certain hope. We heard about certain hope there in Psalms 27 at the beginning. One wishful hope is what most people may mean when they use the word hope. Wishful hope is what most people mean when they use the word hope. I hope there's sweet tea in here, right? Late coming home from work. Here's an example. I'm late coming home from work. Dinner's been on the table for a while. And I say to myself, man, I sure hope my wife isn't upset. Got bad news for you. Okay. Dinner's been on the table for a minute. It's the most disrespectful thing you can do. She's probably going to be upset. Okay. Nothing that you wish for will ever change anything you can get lucky every now and again, you roll the dice and the wish for that light to turn green. I hope that light turns green. It actually works out, right? Wishful hope is really worthless. It's false hope. It's very similar. Wishful hope is very similar to optimism. It's like lotto ticket faith. It's only wishful thinking like this is the one, right? This is the one. Wishful hope is not the hope that we build our lives on. we build our lives on certain hope, the hope of Jesus. The second kind of hope is expectant hope, a little stronger, and there's some basis in reality in expectant hope because it's better than simply wishing. You're not just wishing, right? Expectant hope is going out, planting seed, and coming in and saying, man, I sure hope those plants sprout, right? That's expectant hope. You've done something, there's been an investment, and, and now there's an expectation. Expectant hope comes with a reason not a wish. And so the reason you have an expectation for those plants to sprout is because you planted the seed. You planted the seed. You did something that leads you to expect a result, right? It's not wishful thinking, which to go back to that is man, I sure hope I have some plants out there soon when you know that you never planted any seed. That's wishful and worthless and fruitless, right? So when you go to the doctor, you tend to have a pretty good reason to go to the doctor. Sometimes there's a great need, but there's always an expectation when you go to the doctor. Sadly, a lot of the times we go to the doctor, our expectations aren't met. We sit and we wait and we ask, how much longer? And you know, I think we've all been in the waiting room before the waiting room, right? To see the guy or the girl. And you go into the doctor and, and, you're, and you're hoping they're going to give you something. But what typically happens? They say they give you a, You know, deep breath, blood pressure, all those things. And they go, you're fine. You're fine. There's nothing wrong. This is normal. This is normal. I mean, you are, you know, 22, 46. He is 17 now, you know, and even though you were expectant, what you went for doesn't always get addressed, right? You called, you drove, you sat, you waited. And you expected, right? But even though you were expecting, it wasn't a sure thing. It wasn't a sure thing. There was no guarantee. And you feel like, once again, I've wasted my time. I don't know why I come to the doctor, right? And there's probably a few other thoughts in there too. This is why the Bible talks about a third kind of hope. It's the hope we talk about on the anniversary of Christmas. It's certain hope. This is hope that you can build your life on. This is the hope that you anchor your soul to. This is certain hope. It's certain hopes. why David said, I am certain of this. This is what the Bible talks about when it talks about being a person of hope. It's not wishing, it's not expecting, but it's being certain of what you will have and knowing that that is the hope that you have in your heart for it. The Bible tells in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 that faith is the assurance or the certainty of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things unseen. Faith is the assurance. Well, faith and hope go together. If you remember or know anything about 1 Corinthians 13, 13, faith, hope, and love, right? These three things. Faith and hope go together. They are, they're tighter than brothers, right? Faith and hope go together. You cannot have faith without hope. And and most people blaze right past this, by the way. You must have hope in order to have faith. You must have hope in order to have faith, because if there's nothing to hope for, then there's nothing to believe in. If there's nothing to hope for. There's nothing to believe in. Simply put, if you don't have hope in heaven, you don't need to believe in heaven. Right? You can't say I do, but I don't. It's, these two are tight. And so faith and hope go together. You can't have faith without hope. And certain hope is Christian hope. It's be, it is a believer's hope. We live in this. We build our lives on this. And we'll look at Hebrews 6, 19 so we can see it. It says this, This certain hope of being saved is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls, connected, connecting us with God himself. That's certain hope. Connecting us with God himself behind the sacred curtains of heaven. So I want you to think about your life right now. When certainty is present in your life, how do you feel? 100%. There's no doubt. When there's certainty, sometimes that is control, right? When you've, when have you ever been certain of something that it wasn't? Never. Why? Because it wasn't certain. If this has happened, you know that it wasn't certain, it was wishful, right? It was just wishful, it might have been expected, but it wasn't certain because if you've ever been certain about something that turned out not to be certain, it wasn't certain. Could have been optimistic, wishful, could have been expectant, but it wasn't certain. Because with certain hope, there is no doubt. There's no doubt with certain hope. No hesitation, no reservation. There are no what ifs with certain hope. You don't have to come back and backfill or try to get out in front and work ahead, right? I don't say, what if I go to heaven, right? That doesn't enter my mind. What if, well, I hope, I, I hope I go to heaven. What do you mean you hope you go to heaven? Is your life an example of what it should be? Okay, are You are you wishfully hoping that you go to heaven? You don't say that, it doesn't enter your mind because your interest to heaven is rooted in certain hope. You know that you know that you know that you know because you believe it in your heart. Certain hope is a guarantee from God, period. The Bible says, This is the hope God wants you to build your life on. So certain hope, a hope that you believe has three characteristics. They're all mentioned in Hebrews chapter 6, 19, if you want to go there. Here's what it says. Certain hope is strong, which means it's steady, stable, durable, unchanging. The second thing it says it is, is it's trustworthy. Certain hope is trustworthy. That's dependable, reliable. You can bet your life on it. You can bet your life on it. And the third thing that it says certain hope is, it's an anchor. It's an anchor for your soul. It keeps you connected. So now that we've defined what hope is, uh, you know, the wishful hope, expectant hope, and certain hope, what optimism is, and what real hope is, what certain hope really is, we need to know that, that the human race, we can go for weeks without food. We can go for days without water. And some people can go for minutes, for minutes, without air, But nobody will last for five seconds without hope. Where there is no hope, the people perish, right? You need hope to live because when you lose all hope, you lose your will, you lose your luster, you lose your drive, your desire for life. You die without hope. Hope is the anchor for our soul. And this certain hope does two things. It does two things for us. It keeps us from drifting, right? Without hope, you drift. You drift from God. You you drift from people that you love. You drift from your goals. And it's easy to drift away from your dream. You constantly drift if you are unanchored, if there is not certain hope. The second thing that you do, by the way, the anchor provides stability, provides stability. You need stability, right? It's where hope comes in, right? Remember hope says it's bad, but I believe might be windy. The boat might be rocking, but I'm anchored, but I'm anchored. It's an anchor for your soul. That anchor adds stability in a storm. The second thing that hope is for our soul, um, is strength, right? It's strength. Stability in my anchor depends a lot on the size of it, right? And so if I have a weak anchor, weak, not strong, small anchor, then it's liable to drag and I'm still gonna drift just not as fast, right? A lot depends on the size and the weight of the anchor and the length of the rope or the chain. And the reality is, is the bigger the ship, the bigger the anchor the greater your faith the bigger your anchor even the smallest boats get anchors the size that they don't need right That's, why do they do that because they need stability the wind and the current and the storm you need an anchor for your soul the anchor for your soul is hope it's not a new car or you know X shoes I don't shoot people right now I got to shoot people in my life The anchor for your soul is Jesus, what we celebrate on Christmas Day. Again, Hebrews 6, 18-19 says, God made it possible for us to take hold of the hope set before us so we can be encouraged. Because this certain hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. This hope, this hope, Jesus is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our soul, right? This hope, this hope is what Christmas is all about. Without this hope, we drift. We're lost. We don't have it. We don't have it, right? The anchor for our soul is not money or fame or, or title or notoriety or followers or uh, subscribers or new shoes, right? It's nothing physical, it's nothing psilo- psychological. The stronger your hope, the stronger that your anchor is, is to God. And so, now what is the difference? Wishful hope, expected hope, certain hope, and remember, optimism is way back there, right? Hebrews 6 19, this certain hope of being saved is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls connecting us with God himself behind the sacred curtains of heaven. How do you get that kind of hope? How do you get that kind of hope? Certain hope is only ever based on God's word. It's based on the truth, not your wishes. Right? So then it is not a theory, it's theology. Right? And you can say I wish, and you can say I want, and you can say I hope, but certain hope is a hope that you believe in your heart. You believe in your heart. It's not based on what you sense. It's It's based on what God said. Hope that you believe is not based on your emotion. It's based on what God has promised. And certain hope is not based on your imagination. It's based on God's obligation to do what he said. It's in the book. The anchor for your soul is hope. You find only, the only hope that you find in Jesus is certain hope. We find today, this morning, we find certain hope in a Savior who came, who left his home, who hung between the two, heaven and earth. He came down, stepped in our shoes, set in our place, walked our path for us, lived perfect. That's who we celebrate this morning and what he brings. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. And so the hope we have is what makes today special. Now you need to identify where you are in those hopes and get to a place where you have certain hope because Jesus is who brings it. He is hope. He's who makes us hopeful. And he's the hope we have. Let's pray. Father, thanks so much for the opportunity, Lord, to share what this day is about. Jesus came to the world. Light of the world so that we could have hope and not just any hope, certain hope in him. Thank you, Lord, for time to reflect today as we celebrate the birth of your son, the gift of your son for the life that he lived, for the salvation he brings, for the restoration and renewal that he gives each of us. Lord, I'm grateful. Help us to remember Jesus today. And I thank you for it. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 If you want to share today's message, I would greatly appreciate that. You can rate or subscribe. If you're not engaged with us, I would ask you to to do that. End of year giving has been happening. This is our last chance to do that. We have goals that we want to reach, and we have a long way to go. So we need everybody to jump on board and be a part. So if you're partnering with us financially, I thank you for that. The gift is in the link. You can go to the website. Super simple. Click the give link and give there. I'm eternally grateful for that because we're making kingdom impact where we are. And so next week, next week, we're going to jump into um, how, uh, what is it? It's seven steps to success in the new year. So New Year's morning, I will see you New Year's morning to online only service. And we're going to begin to look at the life of Joseph and learn how our dreams can become reality. We're going to talk about the pursuit of purpose. We're going to talk about the pursuit of purpose That is January the 8th. Next week, New Year's Day, we're talking about seven steps to success in the new year. That's a one-off. And then January 8th, back in person, the pursuit of purpose, looking at the life of Joseph. Now I pray the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray the perception of your mind would be enlightened so that you would know what his hope, his calling, and his purpose are for you and the great things that he has in store for you. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for joining us today. It means more than you know to have you with us. And to all of you who partner with us and support the mission of our church, thank you. We cannot be the church without you. Go ahead and click the link in the description to partner with us now, or you can visit thegrovefc.com forward slash partner. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to like, and subscribe. And if you know someone who would benefit from hearing this message, share it with them. This is how the gospel goes forward. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.